Welcome to Build an Iconic Life Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Whitehead, and this podcast is dedicated to help you build a life with zero regrets by focusing on how you have everything you need to stand up, stand out, and live life on your terms. Let's dive right in. Welcome to Rob and Spa, <laughs> Build an Iconic Life. Uh, this fellow is a really good friend of mine. He's uh, a best-selling author. He's written numerous books. Um, he is known to be one of the most sarcastic human beings on the planet. And when I first met him online, I was actually a little, brother, I was actually a little turned off because I was like, damn, man, everybody that I've ever met that is sarcastic, um, they got issues. But what, what I found and what I challenge everyone today, we're going to talk about this a little bit, but what I challenge everyone today is pick up some of his books and read them and follow him along on social media because what he's doing is he's calling out the bullshit. He's calling out the truth through that BS and he's also drawing a line in concrete that he won't stand for it. And because of that, I started to realize that our core values are extremely aligned and we've had the opportunity to have phone calls, to have conversations and just find out the width, depth and breadth of what you do, not only for yourself, but for your clients. And um, I'm honored to have you here, man. I really, really Thank am. You. Thank you. You know, it's it, it all started because, you know, I, I got tired of being PC, I you know, walking on eggshells everywhere I went and, uh, you know, since COVID, customer service has tanked everywhere. Yeah. And it, it just got to the point where it's like, wait a minute. Okay. I, I get sometimes as an entrepreneur, the customer is not always right. However, most times, you know, you start irritating a customer and they're going to slap you. And uh, so, you know, I, I started, I, I, well, you know, my, my sarcasm came out in one book called Lessons from the Dojo, which I wrote in 2015, but it wasn't as extreme as as my Rob Versus series of books. <laughs> and, and, and it actually started because I got tired of the, the Visa MasterCard scammers calling all the time. So I came up with, a, I, I did a collection of stories called Rob Versus the Scammers. And, and then that turned into Rob Versus the Morons and Rob Versus Humanity and Rob Versus the Entitled and Rob Versus the Wackadoos. And, and then the latest one is Rob versus the unicorns. And, <laughs> and it's just my, my stories dealing with people that, that not only irritate me, but irritate others. And yeah, I'm, I am calling out their bullshit, but I'm doing it in, in such a funny way that everybody can relate. Yeah. And, and, and it's not that I'm trying to be high up on a pedestal, but at, at the end of every story, it's just a little life lesson, you know, what you should do, why you should act a different way. And, and, um, the other day I got a, I, I got a, a testimonial from a lady in, in the UK and she said her husband was in the hospital and she was actually reading my latest book to him, but also out loud to the folks in the waiting room and everybody was laughing and chuckling and, 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 to me, that those are the stories I love because my sarcastic humor is now being used to not say heal people, but at least, uh, you know, 
take away some of their discomfort for a while. I, I, I believe in it greatly, you know, I, and this is probably not going to come as a surprise to you, bro. But um, when I was in my mid to early 20s, uh, you know, I started business and I was a very serious human being, like a highly focused. I was also um, I was the example of the kid pushing on the pole door for the school of gifted. Like it, it, it just <laughs> maximum effort, but like not paying attention to any of the signs. And even as I got into, you know, my relationship with Robin, she's, she's sarcastic. She loves to laugh. And I would want to talk about this serious issue about our relationship. And I would just drive her down this road to where she was insane at the end of it. And I made it worse. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing wrong? What I realized, and this is just growing up and maturing, Dude, we didn't have to talk about the problem. If I had just made her laugh, nice. if I had just changed the energy a little bit, that's what she was looking for. And as I started to investigate you more, I saw how you were dealing with these intense subjects that we all have to deal with. And, and, and at the end of the day, it comes down to like you're talking about core values all the time. Mm-hmm. But you're doing it in a way that's palatable. You're doing it the way we're not beating people in the forehead while you're beating people in the forehead, which is a brilliant method. And it also is very good at polarizing you right. from the people you don't want in your life. Yeah. And so there's business lessons in this as well, because not every customer is a good customer. And you've been in business a while. Yeah, I've been, been, an for, uh, been an entrepreneur for 28 years. And, and um, you know, you know, yeah, I've, I've written some great books and, you know, a lot of my early books do sell. I, I, I appreciate people buying them, but it's the, the Rob versus books that really polarize that I call it rejection marketing, because the fact is, is that if you don't like sarcasm, if you don't like storytelling, if you don't like, you know, uh, being put into these situations, you're going to hate the book. You're going to hate me. We're not going to have a good relationship, but the funny thing is, is all those all those new people over the last couple of years have been have been reading these Rob versus books. They're like, Rob, you're so funny. I want to hire you. Here's a wheelbarrow full of money. Come on, let's go. No, no resistance whatsoever. So um, let, let me ask you, I know you see, especially in the younger crowd that's still copying, mimicking, trying to figure out their voice. Um what was it that led to you finally going, I just can't do it this way anymore. And I'm just going to be me. Cause I think that's an important message. It's certainly what iconic is all about, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, I, I think it was gradual because, you know, we're I, social media gave everybody a voice. Some people, you know, we, we really don't ever want to hear their voice, but here we are, we're giving them that voice. And it just got to the point where it's like, okay, I can be nice and I can try to give people lessons, but then Facebook has gone, Hey, uh, no, we're going to, we're going to put you in Facebook jail for a couple years. <laughs> and, and it just got to the point where it's like, okay, I, I can't be, I can't be this, this sarcastic guy in real life, but non-sarcastic on the internet. You know, I think people see through that or they go to meet you in real life and they're like, wow, you are sarcastic. What an asshole. <laughs> and, and that's not and that's not, you know, how they see you or perceive you on, on the Internet. So I was like, all right, enough's enough. My real personality has to shine throughout what I do everywhere. 
And if they don't like it, they don't like it. The funny thing is, is the more sarcastic I became on the internet, the more followers I got. And I was like, okay, this is weird because it's like totally, you know, different than what I had uh, had planned. I had planned that if I was going to be me online, I was going to reject a lot of people or a lot of people would reject me. And it just didn't happen. You know, we were both raised at a time when, you know, you go to college, you get an education, you become a cog in a wheel, you follow the system, you don't call out the, you know, man behind the curtain at Oz, it's just Oz. And we're also, you know, tenured enough in business, because I've been in business 25 years, to see this trend of change that really, you know, we have kids that are 20 and a kid that's 18. Our kids are really respectful but they'll call us out as parents and, and like, uh, like I would not have done that to my dad. Like I, for, for my own safety, I would not have done that to my dad. <laughs> and, uh, but, but the, the change has occurred where authenticity is becoming something of real value. And it was hard for me, man. It was really hard for me for a lot of different reasons for my ego um, for fear of losing business. And, you know, I hear I have brick and mortar on one hand, I've got online on another, do they match? And like you, I found as I just became me, all of me, the first thing that happened was I started to get the dopamine hits of people liking it. Right. But what that really led to was me not really caring anymore what people think about me. And I've definitely had the experiences of having thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people follow me. And then, um, you know, because of a situation that no one knows about, they all unfollow you. And it was like, they were, they were telling you that you were the second coming yesterday. And today, you know, it's like, Hey, Bob, you want to be my friend? Who are you? I don't know you. I mean, why are you talking? And so I've, and I realized that the world is fickle, but that doesn't mean people in the world are fickle. And it means that we need to find the people that like us believe as we do. And if there was any advice that you would give to someone either right before this transition of becoming authentic, whatever that means, or they're in the middle of it, what are some of the lessons that you've learned that you could like impart on people? Wow. You know, it's, it's, uh, there's so many, so many. And, and, and I think that was the reason why I wrote the lessons from the dojo book, because it needed to remind my remind myself and others that we have all these life experiences and yet nobody shares them. <laughs> and, and it's like, you know, so I, I go into somebody and, and, and they'll say, hey, I'll say, you know, what was that? What was that origin story? You know, what is your origin story that made you who you are? And they have no idea. Mm-hmm. And, and, and for me, you know, and I just I just made this this video earlier today. It was it was meeting Dan Kennedy. I don't know if you know Dan Kennedy. Oh yeah, he's like this, this godfather of direct response marketing. And I met him in in uh, nineteen ninety eight in Arizona. And um, you know, so we're going back twenty five years. And so I'm at this this marketing convention. I've never been at a convention before. I've never been to Arizona before. And uh, I don't know anybody, but during the break, you know, we're all sitting around eating a snack and, and, and drinking. And uh, I see this, you know, elderly, uh, elderly, older gentleman. 
I mean, if you know Dan Kenny, you know he's like 105 years old. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm sitting there, and, and uh, I, I mean, he's sitting there, and I ask him, you know, you mind if I sit down? And he says, okay. And within about two minutes, I wanted to punch him because, you know, he said, hey, you don't have a unique business. You know, you don't guarantee anything. You know, you don't even know what your unique selling proposition is. I'm like, what an arrogant asshole. So I get up and I walk away. And, and then they, you know, invite everybody into the uh, seminar, the, the convention room to start up again. And they introduce, you know, this guy. Hey, everybody stand up and welcome Dan Kennedy to the stage. And I'm watching this old guy walk up the stage and like, oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, but... Here's the thing is, is this old curmudgeon gets up there. He has these microfilms with the overhead projector. And I'm thinking, good God, at least get into this new technology that this, this century. We're, I mean, don't you know what a laptop is? And, and I'm like, really, do I want to sit here and listen to this guy? But I did. And he, and he told these amazing stories about, about, you know, marketing and, and, and how to go from being an unwelcome pest to a welcome guest. Mm. And I thought, wow, you know, that really resonates with me because everybody thinks I'm this asshole anyway. So I need to find out how I can be this welcome guest. And, and so I started studying everything I could about Dan Kennedy and reading his books. And, you know, flat, fast forward now 25 years and I become Dan Kennedy. You know, all these books I've written and produced and, you know, people think, man, you're just a curmudgeon. And, and it's, the, it's the persona that I have on the internet now because I'm this sarcastic guy that, that teaches these life lessons. And, and had I not met Dan Kennedy 25 years ago, I probably wouldn't be on this, this journey I am now. You know, it's so cool. Um, your Dan Kennedy was my Brian Tracy. Oh, I have a Brian Tracy story too. You want to hear it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's go. So two years after I was at that seminar, I was at another seminar in Arizona <laughs> and I had a rental car and, and uh, the guy putting on the, the seminar says, Hey Rob, I know you have a rental car. Can you go pick up Brian Tracy at the airport? I'm like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I drive from the convention center over to the airport and I find Brian Tracy. And as we're, you know, leaving the area where he gets you know, offboarded on the air, airplane and, and we're walking back to the garage, I couldn't remember the color of my rental car. I couldn't remember where I parked the damn thing. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, everything just went blank. And, you know, the, back then you didn't have the, the clickers. for the, So it's like I'm just wandering around. I'm like, so. <laughs> I had to put I had to put Brian Tracy in a cab to get to the convention center while I looked for the car. But it was funny because uh, although I laugh about it now and he laughs about it now, uh, I think about fifteen years fifteen years had gone past. I was in a similar situation. I was speaking at an event in San Francisco. Somebody was picking me up, and they did the same thing. They couldn't figure out where their car was, and so we're both wandering around the parking lot. And all I could think about was my adventure with Brian Trace. <laughs> I think it's beautiful, man. Um, that's karma at its finest. I um, So my first experience, I was working in Radio Shack and I was a salesman and I was the number one salesman in the Eastern region. Um, 
and all the managers and the district manager from that area got invited to go. And because I was the sales guy, I got invited to go. And um, I didn't know who this guy was. And it was 1997, probably. Um, and he gets up on a medium-sized stage, not huge. And he's talking. And he he one of the things that he says is, I want you to write down 12 goals. Mm -hmm. And and then I just want you to fold it up and put it in your back pocket. If you and he said he guaranteed, he said, if you never look at them again within six months, I guarantee you will have accomplished at least one of them just by writing them down. I was like, OK, so I'm like, dude, I have never I'm 23 years old. I have never seen a guy speak like this before with presence and power and everything. And I look down the row at the 12 other people that are there and 11 of them are asleep. They're all the managers are asleep <laughs> and the DM on the end. He's looking at Brian Tracy like this. I'm looking at Brian Tracy like this and I'm jazzed. And I'll never forget. I go and shake it. And I'm, I'm six foot two. I'm 220 pounds. I mean, I'm pretty big dude. This and I played baseball all my life, so I, you know, big shake the hand. This guy grabbed my arm and almost ripped it out of the socket like he was a man's man's man. And I was like, this guy is Superman. Um, so anyway, not only did he impress me beyond impressing me as a young fellow. But two months later, one of the goals that I had written is that I would win a golf tournament. And this is where I started to learn about being really specific about my goals it was my girlfriend's restaurants sta staple for golf tournament. So it's all, it's not even about best stroke. It's, it's all about your handicap, blah, 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 blah. And I won. And, and it immediately hit me in my head. Brian Tracy told me I would accomplish one of these goals in six months. And it's, it's led now to all these programs that I've created about the unconscious mind and about how intentional you have to be when you write goals and da, 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 da. But it all started and this kind of rounds out like even who you are and what you're doing is what you self-identified as an old curmudgeon. <laughs> Dude, we that have gone through it, that is stuck with it, that whatever level of success that we've had, the fact that we haven't quit, right. we almost have an obligation to share it with the next generation because if we don't, what on earth is the is the earth going to become? We, you know, they can either learn from our mistakes and do better faster, <laughs> or or they can repeat the same um, you know pains over and over again. And I'm grateful for people like Brian Tracy. I'm grateful for people like Dan Kennedy. My God, that man's changed my life just by reading his books. Right. And I'm grateful for people like you because if I hadn't leaned in. If I hadn't really read the message, if I hadn't said, what's he doing? What, what is this really all about? I wouldn't have made a good friend and I wouldn't have understood that there are a lot of people out there that share really good information, but they're going to put a few roadblocks in front of the way because they're sick and tired of dealing with people that quit on themselves. They're sick and tired of people that just go along with the flow and create garbage content and create garbage services and garbage businesses. And a lot of times, my best mentors in life have done exactly what you've done. They've said the exact opposite of what I thought I wanted to hear just to see how I was going to react to it. Right. Yeah, and I'd then the training been, began. And, you know, and, and I think that's really the wake up call I needed from Dan Kennedy 25 years ago, because he told me that you are not unique. You, you don't have these things. And I'm thinking, well, screw you. I'm going to get those things. And I did, but it, it took time. And, and, 
you know, when I, when I met him, I had a carpet cleaning business and, you know, I, 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 I only started that carpet cleaning business because I wanted to do it better than working for the competitor that I had worked for prior to starting this business. And, you know, so I started this business out of arrogance, out of ego, out of, but I had no idea how to do marketing. I had no idea how to do any of the things that I needed to become better at. And, and so, you know, it was, it was those things early on that shaped me, but, you know, I, I look at, I look at the young people today and, and they give up too quick. And when I tell them, I said, look, you know, my journey to become successful took 28 years. It wasn't overnight. And they're like, well, yeah, but we have the Internet now. And, um, <laughs> you know, we have these NFTs and we have so we can make money faster than you can. I'm like, it's the same shit, dude. Just. But, you know, it, they want everything fast. And I, I guess I did, too, back then. And I had I had to have that two by four smacked upside my head to realize that I was wrong. But in the same respect, I wanted to do things my way. You know, I, I looked at everybody out there. You know, Dan Kennedy did his did things his way. Brian Tracy did things his way. You know, you can name all these famous people. They did their way. And uh, I had to have my own personality in, in what I do. And. And I, I think people are just too afraid to do that. You know, they're, they're too afraid to, to make a mistake. They're too afraid to try something. Um, I tell everybody now, I said, look, first hundred videos or first hundred podcasts you're going to be on are going to suck. And they're like, a hundred? I don't want to do a <laughs> hundred. <laughs> and it's like, uh, yeah, just go back to my, my YouTube channel. You'll see the first hundred videos I did were awful. And they're like, well, they're awful now, Ralph. I'm like, yeah, but they were more awful back then. <laughs> and and they, they don't want to put in the time. Yeah. You know, um, being real, being raw, being emotional, being, th those are fine. But you got to let people see them. Yeah. You know, if, if you're going to be real and raw and emotional at home, but when people come and see you on the internet or on social or wherever you're posting, and it sounds very robotic. It sounds strange. They're not going to believe you. So it's it's to me it was always it was always about um, and, and and here here's the thing is is that I started my business not not to make money. I started my business to have more freedom. Well, freedom without being real and being who you are is not freedom. Yeah. You know, so it, it's everybody that becomes an entrepreneur needs to have their goals. They need to have a reason why they're doing things. And and it, it's usually never about money. It's about freedom. And but if you're going to if you're going to imprison yourself behind, you know, a, a false sense of, hey, I can't be myself, you know, in public or in in in, in social. It's not freedom. You know, so it, it to me it was always it was always about doing things uh, my way, and, um, and and I hope that resonates with some people out there because honestly, there's there's a lot of people out there that they're they're confused, they're they're 
um, afraid. And you know, I don't care who you are. I don't care what religion. I don't care what color. I don't care what orientation. I don't. That, not, none of that matters to me. You know, I care about you leaving your mark on history. What's your legacy going to be? You know, mine is is, you know, allowing people to understand that, you know, humor, sarcasm, business, entrepreneurship, they all intertwine. I um yesterday I sold a so I own a few businesses and Just one of them. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> One's a remodeling company and um I sold a 400 340 to $400,000 design agreement um for an addition we're going to build, right? Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> they're from out of town. They're moving to New England. Uh they live in Maryland right now and one of the reasons they chose me they said was because I was willing to offer them to meet some other tradespeople mm -hmm. and the other the other companies and there are only three or four of us that are high level around here um they're very much corporate and they keep everything behind the veil and mm -hmm. they want to do it their way the company does and i just said no i get it i moved here 14 years ago and i didn't know anyone um if you need a tradesperson, i'll at least share them with you i don't have you don't have to pay me to right. meet them well that was one of the reasons they chose me right well i introduced them to a mason yesterday in a three-way text and then in the two-way text between the man and his wife and me um he sent me these dimensions of his fireplace and i'm like uh i have no idea what that means and he goes oops this was meant for the mason and the whole reason i tell you this story is i literally sent the guy a fist bump emoji now 10 years ago, I would have pooped my pants if I accidentally sent somebody a fist emoji that said they're willing to give me $400,000. Right. But here's the deal. I am who I am. You chose me because of my personality, my nature, how I do business, blah, blah, blah. And guess what? Fist emojis come with that. Mm -hmm. And if you're not okay with that, if that doesn't fit under the corporate, go choose somebody else. I don't give an F anymore. I've been right. in business a long time. Mm -hmm. And I want to have the kind of relationship with people where I'm like, I bet you don't know that you sent that to me <laughs> instead of the Mason. And I bet you think that I'm going to be the bad guy if I don't communicate with you and let you know you sent it to me and not the Mason. So, oh, and, and that's what he did. He goes, oops, that was the wrong person. I just did fist bump emoji. And it kind of goes to what you're speaking of. I truly believe, and it was a lesson that I learned from somebody a long time ago in remodeling. I was very angry because I'd spent two weeks and two hours communicating with this guy about an addition. Well, I went in giving him a 10% discount mm -hmm. and he was like beating me up for two hours about he needed more money off. And I couldn't convince him that I'd already taken it off knowing that's what he was going to do. And I couldn't go any lower. Right. So I'm just walking out. I'm shaking from it. And I happen to be at a home show and I meet the HVAC guy, big business guy around here. Um, his name's Tony. And I was telling him about this client. It was a $300,000 job. And I just, and he looked at me and goes, Chris, that's probably the best job you never got. Mm -hmm. If that's how it started out, what do you think was going to happen? And it was just a wake up call of starting to live in abundance. We got 8 billion people on this dot, man. Yeah. We can find our few hundred to make our lives function with money. And here's the cool thing. When money doesn't become the mistress anymore, 
but instead becomes the function at which we get to be more of who we are, we actually get to enjoy life a little bit. And I don't know about you, bro. I'm 49 years old. I spent a large part of my life pretending to be something instead of just being who I am. I don't want to invest any more time, whether I'm here one more minute or one more century. Mm -hmm. I don't want to invest any more time not being who I am and right. still being respectful and still being kind to people and still being an asshole to the people <laughs> that I need to repel just by saying this is who I am. And that's one of the things that I respect about you so much because you're very unapologetic <laughs> about it. And that's what grew me before I met you. I had to determine, wait, that rubs me wrong. You have to, you, well, do you have to? And yeah, what you, we, we, decade, we, we, you don't we, have to. No, we live in this society where all these preconceived notions of, 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 of how we're supposed to do things. And, and so people expect you to be nice. They expect you to do this. They expect you to bend over. They expect, and it's like, no, I, I don't want those types of clients. And, you know, going back to the one that, you know, beat you up because you took 10% off. And that's, you know, in, in my, in my uh, carpet cleaning business that I started in 1995, my slogan at the time was we clean your carpet, not your wallet. I wanted people to understand that I wasn't going to charge them a lot. I wasn't going to rip them off. I, I had already put in my, my mind that I wanted to be this affordable guy that uh, everybody was going to say yes to. The problem was the only people that called me were people with trashed out carpet with no money. With, with They were just the biggest PETAs in the world. And from everybody, PETA stands for pain in the ass. And um, when I decided that, hey, you know, being the affordable guy is making me go broke. Uh, I, I tripled my prices overnight, you know, and, and the funny thing is, is when you tell uh, people that really can't afford you that you don't want to do business with them anymore, the universe opens up and, and it's like people with money now start to come to you. And I was like, wow, I'm getting all these great clients. They can afford me. They're referring me to people just like them. And uh, and then my my competitors started to see this. And, and, you know, they're, 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 they're telling these, the, the, the magazines and the newspapers, Hey, don't run Rob's ads because they're deceptive. Like, I mean, they're deceptive. So in my ads, I was giving away one free room of carpet cleaning just to try me out. And so I'm like, wait, wait a minute. How is me spending 800 hours a month on ads that give away my service deceptive? <laughs> but that's what it was. You know, they, they were afraid that they did. They were losing business to me because I and the thing is, is that all I was doing was going in. If they if they liked the free room and they wanted more. They, you know, they would I would give them a quote and I would never do the extra stuff that day because I wanted them to think about it. And uh, so all these newspapers and, and, and uh, advertising companies said, no, Rob, we can't do that. You got to You got to run ads just like everyone else. And I said, I don't want to be like anyone else. So I, I, I took all, all my marketing and I said, well, you guys aren't getting my dollars anymore. And I started doing direct mail directly to the, the, the uh, developments I wanted to be in. And then my business exploded 10 times more. <laughs> And it was at that point where, you know, people were saying, Rob, this is great. I love what you're doing. 
design our ads, write this copy, do this, do that. And uh, an attorney had saw what I was doing and he says, Rob, help me out. So I did. And, you know, as his business started taking off, he started referring me to other uh, lawyers and doctors. And, and so, you know, I, I started thinking, okay, I, I should really sell the, the carpet cleaning business, but it took me a couple more years to, to finally do it. And um, when I did sell it, I sold it to a guy uh, who within six months destroyed it because he didn't understand the concepts that I had already created. And I had, old customers call me back on, on my home line and like, Rob, come, you, you need, I, I'm out of business now. <laughs> I mean, I sold that business. I'm, I'm doing something different now. And, and they just, they, 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 in fact, I just got this letter from a client. I haven't served in 10 years because that's how long I've had not had my, my cleaning business. And she's like, Oh, I so miss you. I, you know, nobody wow. can do what you did. And, and, and here's a woman that's remembered me for 10 years, found my home address, <laughs> sent me a note and say, hey, look, you know, and, and they're, they're, those are the types of clients that you want. Yes. That will remember you forever because of the things that you did. And, and yes, I am, I am very sarcastic. Uh, and I do that uh, not only for humor, but I do that because I know that the people that love sarcasm will be clients forever. Those who don't go somewhere else because you, you know, you're just going to piss me off <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and vice versa. Right. 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 So it, it, it's, it's, I, I think that we all have to understand our gifts and, and, and utilize them uh, to give us superpowers. And, and so I go back to that origin story. It's like, okay, when did I discover that sarcasm was that, that power? And, and, and although I probably, I, I mean, I've been sarcastic since high school, probably before then. And, uh, but it wasn't until, um, I think I became a disgruntled entrepreneur until I, I realized that, you know, this, this being kind of nice to people isn't working. Not the way I want, because, you know, deep down, we all want to be nice people. We all want to be nice guys. We all want to be the hero. We all want to be that last Boy Scout that they remember. The problem is, is that doing all those things will make your business broke very quickly. Mm -hmm. And so you have to determine, is this client worth it? Is cutting them a price worth it? Is, you know, coming in and, 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 and being the hero going to position you better or is it going to drive you crazy? Um, and, and so being sarcastic helps me eliminate that time suck right away. I think it's brilliant, man. Mm -hmm. um, if Rob, if people wanted to reach out to you, if they, they wanted to find yeah, right, I know. <laughs> it's the only marketing guy that you cannot find <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> If they want to reach out, what's the best way? Well, you know, they can find me on Facebook. Um, my website is, is unspockmedia.com. Uh, most people can't pronounce it or spell it. Um, so <laughs> just go to, uh, if, if you want to find my Rob Versus books. Yeah. 
you can go to robversus.com. That'll take you right to Amazon for the, the six books that are there. Is it um, V-E-R-U-S or V-S period? It is V-E-R-U-S. Robversus.com. Right. And that'll take you right to, to Amazon. And uh, you can see the, the, the six Rob Versus books there. Now, if you want to uh, you know, listen to, I also have a podcast. And uh, go on to Google and just put I Heart Rob on Spock. And that'll take you right to the iHeart uh, station, which you can find my eHeroes podcast. Or just type in eHeroes and, and they can learn about uh, all kinds of stuff. I mean, I think I have 200 and some episodes up and yeah. getting close to the 250 episodes soon. And, and uh, you know, that was that was one of those things. If we can talk about podcasts, because we're on one. Sure. sure. You know, I, I, I had written a. Uh, I had co-authored a book called Power Guesting back in 2017. And this was about, uh, I don't know, a couple of years before I even had my own podcast. And uh, people are like, well, Rob, you wrote a book on podcasting, but you don't even have a podcast. Okay. <laughs> so I had to start a podcast. <laughs> so, That's awesome, man. But, you know, I've, I've been doing the podcast for five years now. And... Um, Again, the first hundred episodes, uh, although the guests were amazing, you know, it, it, it sometimes it takes that long to build up a stride to, to get comfortable to, 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 to feel uh, uh, what's the word I want to say that you, you feel you feel like, hey, this feel is in control, control, right. And, and, you know, I still have a couple, you know, uh, guests that come in and kind of trip me up. And, and, and it's not that that I got tripped up uh, on purpose. It's just I, I, I kind of nerded out on on the, who they are and what they did. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. I'm actually interviewing this person. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I, I kind of get that that when I go into these interviews, I, I don't have questions. I don't yep. have a long paper that says, hey, these are the subjects I'm going to cover because then it just it. it I have to figure out how I'm going to bounce from one subject to the next. And it just feels robotic. Having this brilliant conversation that we're having uh, brings out stories, brings out raw emotion, brings out all kinds of things that, that the audience can say, I can relate to that or that resonates with me or uh, yeah, Rob is an asshole, but you know, it, it, it <laughs> all works. You know, it's the biggest thing that I learned. Um, so, you know, just like you, I speak on stages a lot and I get a lot of people saying that I do well and they ask me, how do I do it? And I go, you're going to laugh at this, but I often don't know what I'm going to talk about literally until I stand up on stage, even if I'm up there for an hour. Um, and I said, I, I gave myself a challenge a few years ago to go away from PowerPoint presentations, to go away from note cards in my hand and just start trusting in the process. And this podcast, similar to yours, is the same thing. Like, dude, you and I just started talking. I just hit the record button and we went. I'm like, I don't have an agenda except for one thing. I've got some badass friends. I want people to hear from them because they've changed my life. Well, this is no different than any conversation you and I have ever had, literally, since we've started talking. Mm -hmm. 
I think more of that needs to be in the world of not the robotic stuff, but just showing people relating to people because in it, success leaves those clues, man. And I, and, and I, (laughs) dude, like I said, I didn't know about Brian Tracy until Radio Shack gave me the opportunity to go there. Right. Thank God. Here's the thing is, is that we all talk about, you know, this, this phenomenon called getting struck by lightning. And and we think that's like a one in a million opportunity. We as entrepreneurs need to realize that these, these occasions where we meet people, where we, we, you know, we like Brian Tracy or Dan Kennedy, those are opportunities where you got struck by lightning. How are you going to take that opportunity further? You know, it's, I, I went to a seminar back in, in, in Atlanta a couple months ago, and, and they were talking about this lawyer who answered his phone at 3 o'clock in the morning. And if you know most lawyers, they're, they're on banker's hours. They only answer calls from 8 to 5. That's it. You know, don't call me anytime after. This person answered the phone at 3 o'clock in the morning and decided for some un, unknown reason they were pulled to go get in their car, go to the hospital, talk to this patient. That person then, after winning the settlement of millions of dollars, took that opportunity. And instead of retiring with all this money or doing this, he took that money, reinvested in his company, and did the same thing over and over and over again. Now he's like one of the largest law firms in America. That was his being struck by lightning, and he learned to be struck by lightning over and over and over again. Most entrepreneurs, they're like, well, I, I, I don't know how to deal with opportunity. Or they don't open their eyes to that opportunity. And and, and every day I look at things going, okay, yeah, I, I could, that could work. Let's try <laughs> that. And, and what do you have to lose? You know, me being sarcastic changed the way I do business. You know, me writing one book turned into 36 of them in 10 years. You know, I, I have a podcast. Yeah, it, it, it was a slow start and I didn't know what I was doing. But 250 episodes later, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And, and I think that's what Chris and I are trying to tell everybody is like, everybody has a an opportunity to make money in this world. But you got to do it on your terms. You got to be everywhere. You got to have a mindset. You got to take action. And, and, and yeah. Um, it's, I, it's, it's, it really comes back down to, this is what I respect about you so much. And it's what I think is iconic about you. My experience in the past is sarcastic. People are extremely judgmental. Oh, we and are. In fact, and in <laughs> fact, we are, but that doesn't discredit the core values is it, aligned. Well, is it is it is it the sarcastic people are judgmental, or is it the people that are hearing sarcasm for the first time being judgmental because they don't believe that we're being honest with them? That's that was what I learned. Is yeah. that is that how you're using it? It's almost like a comedian. I believe comedians are the prophets of today. Mm-hmm. They're often pushing the envelope. They're often saying the things that most people are thinking about, but would dare never say. 
Are you willing to sit in the pocket long enough to listen to see if there's genius in it? Thank God, you know, I leaned in instead of leaned out because you, you become a good friend to me and you do teach the same things that I teach from a different perspective. And that makes the world a much more beautiful place instead of one where everything's the same. And you're right. I'm sitting here the whole time going, yeah, I did become an entrepreneur for freedom. The money was never really the thing. It, I didn't consider that. It was just, let's make enough so that I can do life on my terms. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, is what drove me to want that freedom was I didn't want to be a brick in the wall. Right. I didn't want to be a cog in the machine. I didn't want to look down, you know, look out for the next 40, 50 years of my life and go, is that all? This is going to be, and it's not been easy and that's okay. I was made to not do easy things and you were made not to do easy things. And for us to be able to sit here and possibly encourage just one human hearing this, that there are other people out there that are paying that price and that we're doing it our way. Hopefully it gives them permission to do the same because that's, what's going to evolve our world into a much better place. I believe yeah, the, the, uh, I don't know if everybody's been paying attention to what's going on in, in Elon Musk's world where, you know, he, he became this richest man in the world because of his ideas, because of his concepts, because he was radically different. Well, you know, Tesla stock crashed and, you know, the media saying, oh, he lost. He's the first person to ever lose $200 billion. Think about that. He lost $200 billion. Most people can't even... You know, they'd lose their mind if they lost a hundred dollars. But here's a man who lost two hundred billion dollars, and yet he still has plenty of money. He still has his price, still close to being the richest man in the world. But all they hang on is the fact that ha ha, he lost two hundred billion. Isn't that so fun? And 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 they just look at this negative aspect. But most of those people will never ever ever probably see a million dollars, let alone 200 billion, you know? So we as entrepreneurs have to face this reality that we're always, always going to be nitpicked to death about the things we do. So we might as well just do them anyway. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Bro, I think that's a really good, um, we're at about the 46 minute mark. I think it's really good uh, to leave on that note. And yeah, I really uh, most people can't take me for more than 46 minutes. So, well, actually, this was supposed to be a 25 minute <laughs> podcast, but I looked up and I was like, damn, we have been talking, man. Um, I appreciate you being here and I appreciate you sharing. And everybody, I highly recommend we're going to put his content, his information, how to get in touch with him in the description. So you'll be able to find his books. You'll be able to find where he is on social media. Check this guy out and follow along and listen to him. Number one, do not drink drinks when you read what he writes because it will come out of your nostrils. <laughs> and, and number two, if you're looking for an honest man to help you with your marketing, Rob can truly help you. Rob, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today, brother. Appreciate you. Adios. Take care, everybody. See you in the trenches. Hey friend, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please leave a review and subscribe to catch future casts. If you really enjoyed this episode, 
make sure you share it so others can benefit from it as well. I'll see you in the trenches. Try to catch me hollering at the moon.